a new approach to tackling aviation's workforce challenges and engaging with industry stakeholders and community groups to introduce students to new uplifting career paths. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news and information. Now, workforce development isn't the only challenge facing the nation's aviation industry, of course. But it is perhaps the most pressing, as our very future really does hinge on nurturing our next generation of aviation professionals. Many organizations, including NBAA, have taken significant steps to address this challenge. And we recently learned of an intriguing program underway in South Texas that's bringing multiple stakeholders to the table and helping students in the San Antonio Independent School District to discover aviation careers. The origins of this effort actually go all the way back to 1996 with the founding of the Virtual Flight Academy, a nonprofit youth aviation training program offering instruction to aspiring pilots as young as 12 years of age. To detail this program, we'll begin with the Academy's founder and executive director, Flack McGuire. I grew up in a little farm town and my parents had a machine shop right next to the house. And so it uh, was one of those experiences where I was arc welding and using torches and a little bit on lathes. So with the dad's eyes closely looking, but all that stuff to be exposed to that when you build something, you really want to care about your inputs. And that's really where this started for me. But in looking at military flight training, I, I said, why do we begin at 22? And that was combined with, thank you, United States Navy. I got to go to a very expensive school with a scholarship and go to the number one entrepreneur program at that time, maybe still as today in the country. And so when being part of that as a work study in my freshman year, volunteering in my little military midshipman uniform over there, Mac Davis, who was running the program as a mentor of mine, said, as we were having our final little conversations in his office before we we're going to be graduating, he said, Flack, how in the world are you going to mix entrepreneurship in the military? And in all the wisdom that a young person could provide, I said, Mac, I have no clue. So really, this effort is innovating, started as innovation inside of the military, inside of military aviation. It comes from those roots, but it also is heavily influenced by growing up right next to my parents' machine shop and looking at very expensive processes. And that's how we ended up today. Something I find really interesting about how this is all coming together, Flack, is that you've partnered with the Department of Defense. Please tell us about that and how building a pipeline for military training in aviation can also bolster the civilian aviation workforce. We have a nation-scale problem of getting more people into aviation. We talk about pilots, but frankly, we could talk about maintainers, we could talk ATC, and I would argue pilots are incredibly important. Actually, our maintainers problem is a little more painful than our pilot problem. Both are painful. And so when you look at that as a nation-scale problem, and you look at how our country has tackled nation-scale problems in the past, you use a nation-scale strategy. And frankly, what we push for is a nation-scale strategy that most we haven't had. And what that looks like where the rubber meets the road, so let's talk Texas, where we lay down across the country what we're calling starfighter labs, where we have these virtual reality labs where our seasoned aviators can work with young people on the simulators at these virtual reality labs that spins them up. And we also use intelligent tutors, software-based trainers, to build that interest in aviation and increase that interest in aviation. Frankly, we don't have that as a purposeful strategy of moving training left in an aggressive 
way. And the other part we don't have, we promote, we've done some small scale runs at is aviation esports. And I like to say, if I gathered 25 people, 25 and under and said, hey, we have this need to attract more people to be military and far greater need for civilian than military, not in their top one, definitely in their top three would be aviation esports. The reason why we're not using that stronger as a strategy from top leadership is frankly, our top leadership didn't grow up with it. And so they don't see it to the degree that it's become such a huge way that we can attract young people into it. And while we'll talk simulation on our side, we are a huge fan of real flight time. But what we can do with simulations really, frankly, at a cost structure that we can't do with real flight time, increase the interest in aviation and load left that training in a very low cost way to then find those kids that want to go further as we have these labs across the country. And, and that really drives to the other element of this that I've pressed, which is we often approach it and we're, we're grateful to have some senior organizations now where we're going to the Hill and we're saying to the Hill, hey, we have this nation scale problem, help. I've argued that's not good congressional math, that we need to go to the Hill and say, we have this nation scale problem, will you please help Congresswoman, Congressman? And here's what we wanna put in your district as a win for your district that will help us with this nation scale problem. Coming up, how general aviation and community organizers are supporting this effort. But first, this brief message from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with Flack McGuire with Virtual Flight Academy, who's driving a multi-tiered program to engage youth in pursuing aviation careers in the military, and in turn, the civilian sector as well. And to the latter, I'll now welcome into our discussion Josh Smith, President of Texans for General Aviation, and Christina Martinez, Executive Director for the D. Howard Foundation. Josh, what led your group to partner with FLAC in this effort? We had been working multiple lines of effort in, in and around San Antonio, outreach efforts at, with the youth engagement groups of several different associations, to include D. Howard Foundation, Women in Aviation, San Antonio 99's Alamo chapter, the Tuskegee Airmen, and then also a high school program that is being fostered by the Virtual Flight Academy down at Southwest ISD, where they're, they're building a Vans aircraft in the shop area of their aviation program which is an outcropping of uh, FLAX organization. So as we dug a little bit deeper into that and partnering with Virtual Flight Academy and that effort in Southwest ISD, which is also fostered through curriculum development from the D. Howard Foundation and a lot of the efforts in our local community on that, it seemed like there was a connection between all these entities that we had here in San Antonio that could provide a, a more immense effort for workforce development. And as FLAC began discussing you know, the larger scale of this from the Department of Defense standpoint and also the effort for building a, a workforce out of the military, you can begin to trace that back you know, historically and say, well, the majority of workforce development in both general and commercial aviation began with leveraging the skill sets and talents of men and women transitioning military service. 
And so it seemed like the perfect combination of gathering groups together to discuss what this might look like if we were able to leverage it on a national scale. And specifically, how that impacts the economy of Texas with the military providing a a huge economic impact in our major cities in Texas, here in San Antonio, with Lackland and Randolph and the outcroppings of all the companies that support the aviation infrastructure for the Department of Defense here in San Antonio represents a huge economic impact. And so it seems like the right partnership. When we take a look at the the, the Navy's budget in uh, 2018, it's over $180 billion. And so those budgets, why they represent, you know, multiple different programs, acquisitions, equipment, at the end of the day, it's people that manage that. Christina, how is the D. Howard Foundation supporting these initiatives? So the D. Howard Foundation has been around since 2016. Our founder, Wayne Fagan, is an aviation enthusiast and started the foundation because it was so important to him that we honor the legacy of San Antonio's aviation history. The first military flight came from San Antonio at Fort Sam Houston. So he was all about honoring the history, but also making sure that our foundation serves young people by exposing them to aerospace and aviation activities and eventually jobs. And so our big thing that we're working on right now is just really making sure that young people as early as kindergarten, that students in their classroom have access to aerospace curriculum, aerospace guest speakers. And so making sure that young people know about aviation, know about aerospace, and then also see people that look like them in these jobs. And so we work with multiple uh, school districts, multiple schools across San Antonio, even beyond the San Antonio area. We're working with the school district in Comal ISD right now. And so it's just really important to us that we are creating that exposure because we know that young people cannot be what they don't see or know. And so that's a big uh, priority for us. And then the way that we are partnering um, at other levels really is just making sure that high schools have access to the simulator or are figuring out how to build budgets for simulators. We have a couple of schools that we worked with and Josh helped with this. They applied to FAA for very large grants. And part of that was really bringing together a team around them to say, you know, if you could have anything you want to support aviation at your campus, what would that look like? And for some of them, it was, we, we want scholarships for students to be able to go to pilot training schools. We want aviation mentors to walk into our buildings and meet with our kids. We want simulators. And so um, I think that's the other way that this partnership has really been beneficial for a lot of different students is because you have this brain trust now of people all who care about the same thing, who are leading the way and and have the expertise to really shape some of the programs being delivered at our schools. How have the students you work with responded to this program, Christina? 
Josh talked about the Southwest ISD program, and I think that's probably one of the programs that has sort of started and continued and, and had sort of a place of really good success. And, you know, all of those students there have Power Plant One certification, so they can actually go work on planes as soon as they graduate from high school, which is amazing because those are high wage high demand jobs that can change lives for students. And so we've seen this really neat program that lots of different people helped build when, when Southwest ISD first started it. Again, there was this brain trust of people and volunteers and funding that helped get this program off the ground. And so now that's a model that we say, can we can we duplicate in other schools? And so I think that's been a, a big success. I was with Josh when we took the simulator out to Incarnate Word High School. And now Incarnate Word High School this year started an aerospace class. And so now you have, I think there's 13 or 14 girls who are all going to be through their daily curriculum at school experiencing aerospace. And so those are really good examples of people getting excited about something and then doing the work to actually make it happen for kids. And that's always wonderful when we see that come to fruition. I think the other place I'd love to see us lean in a little bit is, you know, Texas has Senate Bill 1843, which requires that every single school year, every Texas ISD and every open enrollment charter school provide the ASVAP for high school students, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So if we know that this is a requirement from the Senate, how do we leverage that in our relationship with schools to get more kids into the pipeline? Josh, another aspect of this I find interesting is the focus on simulators and other technologies that really are in the wheelhouse of our current generation. Technology really allows us to expand out into the different areas where you have youth you know, located either in school or uh, youth outreach programs where they may not have exposure to an airport or the aviation industry in general. And you're able to bring that to them uh, both in, in multiple layers of immersion. So whether it's on a screen, like a normal computer screen, or in, in virtual reality or augmented reality. And the, the value there is and you've got a generation that is extraordinarily familiar and comfortable with the use of technology. And watching how they interact with that technology and determining how we can utilize that to expand their exposure to an industry which provides a wealth of resources for their development towards a life purpose and, and potential career path is exponential. In April, early April, we built a mobile flight simulator laboratory that's in a trailer. And really that project was to bring both youth and adult gatekeepers together in the community to just showcase the value and passion that exists right here in our own community, San Antonio. Utilizing technology over a course of about three weeks, we put together a flight simulator laboratory and we brought together seven associations here in San Antonio that had youth outreach programs. Youth outreach programs, not only in aviation, but youth outreach programs that deal with workforce development and building skill sets, which include, included organizations like Girls Inc. and Lemonade Circle. Uh, local associations, national associations that are outside the scope of what we would normally consider, you know, aviation related and connected to a, an entity like the Commemorative Air Force or Women in Aviation. 
but have young women and young men who are interested in the technical fields and may have never considered aviation as being an opportunity. Flack, where does this effort go from here? While we exist as a current nonprofit, our advocacy is for the creation of a government-owned nonprofit. So it's a little confusing, but it's a government-directed nonprofit entity, which is focused to partner with all of our great affinity organizations and organizations that are out there in those districts to build that funnel and ability for government to work with schools, foundations, our aviation 501c3s in a way that direct government struggles to do. So a government-owned nonprofit that sits underneath the Air, the National Guard Bureau's Youth Programs Office. And I've said in flag briefings in the Pentagon, the Smithsonian is a government-owned nonprofit, is a keeper of our aviation history. What we really need is a government-owned nonprofit that's a keeper of our aviation future. We call that Virtual Flight Academy, and the title doesn't matter. The construct that matters is APAM, aviation professional athlete model. That's what really matters. APAM is that argument that we should approach aviation careers no different than how we approach building professional athletes. And if you really pull this back to a more macro perspective, I like to say the old is new again. What we're really talking about is using the Olga's that's with um, the D. Howard, this Josh that's with D. Howard Foundation. We're talking about these seasoned aviators using them as mentors and moving left with training content and programmatic. What it really is, is a journeyman model. We have the opportunity and to do very cost affordably now in today's technology is overlay that journeyman model back to 12 and 13 again. It's important to acknowledge that many organizations are part of this effort, including several commercial airlines, as again, this truly is an issue affecting all facets of our industry. To learn more about this program, its current focus, and future goals, head over to goflyvfa.org. And for the latest news affecting business aviation hiring and workforce development, visit nbaa.org forward slash workforce. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. <laughs>